Welcome back to the second part of our podcast episode with Coach T from Freedom 5-1 Ministries. If you did not get an opportunity to listen to part one, please push pause, go back and listen to that one first. Phenomenal information and just encouragement. My goodness. I will briefly recap, though. We got into the nitty-gritty about how, as Coach T said, Satan is using finances as a backdoor into our families. And I love that word picture because it is. He is sneaky and he is manipulative, but he is cunning and wise in that way that knowing um, that is an opportunity to really disrupt the family unit, specifically with marriages, is what we hit on last time. So I'm excited, Heidi, to get into this episode as we talk about parenting and just um, being a, a cheerful giver. Welcome back to Parenting to Impress, your go-to podcast to learn practical ways to love God and love others and impress this on the hearts of your children. I am your host, Heidi Franz, and I am joined by my dear friend, Melanie Simpson, two moms who have made a lot of mistakes, but have found grace and truth along the way. As I shared in the last episode, we went to Facebook to say, what do you wish you would have known? And I wish all of us would bundle up all those emotions and use them to teach our kids because we don't want our kids suffering the way we have. And I'm so happy that TR is here so we can discuss how do we keep our kids from making the same mistakes we are. You know, Heidi, we do one-on-one coaching, but we also do group education. We'd been asked to to show up at the University of Arkansas and teach a class. We had the students track their expenses for two months, and now we're going to put that on a spreadsheet and find out where your cash flow is. Mm-hmm. This was our activity for the class. And so I'm walking around and I'm helping people, and one of the young ladies pulls me over to the side and says, Hey, Coach T, what do I put down if my parents pay for it all? How do I do a budget if if my parents are in charge of all of that? And this is a college child. This is a college child, right? And so I said, well, I, I want you to put down all of your expenses, the things that you're spending your money on, so that at least you'll know what your parents are doing for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes when we're out telling people about financial coaching, the thing that we hear the most Uh, Oh, I wish they would teach this in school. There's a slight disconnect between the teaching in school and the practice of what it takes to do your finances. Absolutely. You know, with discipleship, it's just as much about head knowledge as about heart knowledge. It's about actually getting in and doing the things uh, with those that, that we're walking through life with, right? And so it's the same when it comes to financial discipleship. How you're raising up your children, you need to be able to do things that are very similar. You need to walk them through the process to where they know what budgeting looks like and having these monthly meetings look like, um, know what savings looks like and, and giving. And so I'm excited to get into it. Fantastic. So Melanie, I think let's just start like we normally do. We start with how do you teach this in the preschool years? What does it look like in the elementary years? What does it look like in the teen years? And I'm going to start with preschoolers. And there's two things that I think are so important. Number one is beginning to build a work ethic. And number two is helping children understand that money truly does not grow on trees. We covered this in our Raising Selfish Kids podcast here a couple of weeks. You want to hit on that one? Yeah. I mean, the idea that not everything that a child sees is something that they need to have bought for them. Um, And that 
you know, happens so frequently whenever we're out and about and they see something and in an effort to, you know, please the child, we just purchase it for them. And inevitably, um, and it was a tongue in cheek, by the way, was, you know, how to raise a selfish, selfish child. We don't right. want you to raise a selfish child, <laughs> but that is one way that we are enabling our kids to believe that there are endless amounts of funds available to them. Right. Um, and they will ha- face a rude awakening when they get out into the real world and realize that it's simply not the truth. And it denies them the appreciation that God is their sovereign provider. He has a plan and a purpose for their lives, and that includes taking care of their needs. But it also needs to be a very firm principle that we are also called to co-labor with the Holy Spirit and be, mm-hmm. like you said, we are to work, we're to be wise stewards of the resources we're given. This is not a passive faith that we experience. We are called to be active participants. And that, I think, leads really well into how do we then engage a young child in understanding that there aren't unlimited funds? I mean, how would you talk to this five and under crowd about money. I like what you use there. You use the word stewards. One of the things that we do is we try to build it on this idea of raising generous stewards. And here's what we mean by that. We want people that are well-managed and Christ-centered in their thinking around their finances. And yes, you're starting at a young age, that start early. <laughs> start with small things. You know, back in the day, we used to do the, the coins in the jar, you mm-hmm. know, to save up for that thing. And then, but you name the jar, you tell it what that's for. If the child is saving up for a particular thing, you have the name of that or a picture of that on the jar. And as they're saving up money, this can be uh, a tangible reminder that it's going to happen. You just have to be a little patient and put the work in. Self control and patience. Those fruits of the spirit. That's exactly right. And the self gratification of waiting. What I did not realize when I was parenting my preschoolers is that the worth ethic, the not giving them immediately what they wanted and making them wait for some of these things, I was actually building money management, but I didn't see how it tied together. So those little things that we talk about for discipline reasons are so much bigger. At our church, we have um, little boxes and you go and drop your money down. It's like a Plinko game. So Mm -hmm. there's a little tangible fun thing to it too. But just reminding the child that even if it's given from the parent, here's a quarter, a dollar, whatever it is, and we're going to go give to the church so that God can use that gift. Mm-hmm. It's never too early to use that kind of language with Absolutely our kids. Absolutely not. Yeah. And I would say with the elementary, that's a really good time to start looking at everything we have is God's. We are simply stewards. So daddy's job, mommy's job, whatever the money, however the money is coming in, that is because God has blessed us. And thus we need to turn around and use that for his blessing as well. What does that look like? How, how do you teach kids to be good stewards? In those elementary years, a little yes. bit older. Most people, when they think about the idea that God owns it all, mm-hmm. they're really thinking about their generosity side. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily thinking about the full picture of their finances. Mm -hmm. And so one thing to be really cautious of is when it's time to pay your bills. Are they your bills? Uh, are Are we thinking about it from God's point of view, like how honored we should be to be able to to spend uh, this money on paying the house, uh, on paying for the electricity, 
I had a group of students, poverty centers here in, in town, and we were doing a, a 10 to 14-year-old. We, we put a bucket out there and we said, okay, this is something that your teacher, I brought the teacher up to be an example. This is something your teacher wants. What, what is it that he wants? And they said, oh, he wants a Nintendo Switch. He wants a, a new computer. And, and we settled on a mountain bike for $800. Okay. And then we paid the teacher some fake money, minimum wage, 40-hour work week for the whole month. And said, okay, can he afford the mountain bike? He had 2,400 fake dollars in his hand. And they're like, yes, he can afford it. And I said, wait a minute. And I pulled another bucket out that said taxes on the outside. We, we said, we're going to put about 20, 30% back for taxes. So we put 30% of this fake money in for taxes and, and said, well, are taxes good or bad? Mm-hmm. Now, this is a hard one, and this one hits kind of close for a lot of folks, especially yeah. during tax season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are taxes good or bad? And so, though, taxes are bad. The, the students said, well, wait a minute. What, what do the taxes go to pay for? Mm-hmm. How are we connected to what is being done with funds? And they talked about roads, and they talked about parks that are in their neighborhood. And so just connecting them to the thankfulness of what the money is going for not just thinking about it from uh, an obligation standpoint, but a privilege to pay for your rent or your house payment, a privilege to pay for even our taxes, is, I think, starting off the God-centered way of thinking to be thankful for what we have. I love what you said, TR, that a lot of us just think of like the 10%, the tithing as God's money, when in reality, the 100% of every penny that comes in Mm. is God's money and how we need to help our kids see that there's not just a small portion that God controls or should control, or we should give to him, but how we need to look at it across the board. One of the things that we have been doing with our kids is comes with conversations in helping them see why we make the decisions we do. And this is going to be a really simplified example, but some of my teens wanted to get the subscription to Spotify. And we did, we talked about it. Why do you want the Spotify subscription? What is the purpose for it? And it's so easy to just go, well, mom, it's just a few dollars a month. It doesn't matter. Okay. So let's talk about what does that look like a year? What does that look like? And what could you spend with that money that you need to talking about on these decisions? Have you prayed about this? Have you sought wisdom? Who do you know that has this subscription? One of the things that we talked about with Spotify was the opportunity to listen to some of the music and it's God honoring music. I use the example of seeds. I like to listen to the seeds family worship songs as we're traveling because we're memorizing scripture. And so I wanted to be able to do the Spotify. So in the car without Wi-Fi, I could be memorizing those songs. So looking at what is our reason why, how much is this really going to cost? And so we just took a real life example with the kids and that applies to everything. Yeah, no, I love the way that you take something, even on a small thing and made it into a why conversation Mm -hmm. 
or really had something behind it uh, rather than just, yeah, sure, we can go ahead and do that. It's only $10 a month. Right. You're teaching kids delayed gratification, but you're also teaching them how to dig in what their purchasing is and, and the why behind it. That's cool. That to me is that future-focused education so that when they do become spouses, because mm-hmm. you talked about this in the first uh, podcast episode, how often you have married couples and it's a second or third meeting because we're having to peel back mm-hmm. layers to get to the the emotion, the behavior, the the why. This really, I think, is setting a great future focused step um, in preparing our kids to enter into a marriage if that's God's will for them. That's perfect to be able to have those maybe healthier relationships with money and um, take that into their conversations with their spouses. A smaller example of that, which could be done with the elementary ages, is when you're in the grocery store together, talk about, you know, we need marshmallows for our campfire. Which marshmallows are we going to get? Which size do we get? And start talking about brands versus um, ounces in a bag and the price per ounce. When my kids were little, they always wanted to get the little snack packs of different things. And so we would talk about how much does it cost to get an individual snack size versus to get the large bag and putting them in Ziploc bags on your own. Those little conversations that you can have in elementary, then grow into bigger conversations when they're in high school. And even with meal planning and budgeting, you know, when we sit down and we say, okay, what do we want to have for dinner tonight? Keyword is want. The fact that we have choices Mm -hmm. um, was a huge conversation. And just a reminder that you have options here. But then also saying, okay, if our budget for this week is $150 at the grocery store, give your kid a calculator. On the website for Freedom 5-1 Ministries, they have a whole tab for financial discipleship. And I loved you talked about, it's walking alongside our kids. It goes back to our Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. You know, how are we interacting with our kids day and night walking with them, talking with them, teaching them how we think that God should be instructing us how to use our finances. So here's one that just came to my mind. And again, so simple, but teaching the kids when they want to go out to eat. Okay. What food do we have that we need to eat in the refrigerator? I mean, how many times have the kids say, oh, we want to go out to eat for this. And I go, yeah, we have some chili in the refrigerator that's going to go bad if we don't eat it. And so we would not be good stewards of spending money to go out to eat when we have chili that God has already provided and we need to eat or looking in the refrigerator and going, okay, these are the leftovers that we have. What can we create? What's the meal that we can create out of those items? Again, so small, but we are laying that foundations for being stewards and to use those words, God provided God gave us this. This has been a fantastic conversation about financial discipleship. And while we said in the last episode that this was only going to be a two-part series, uh, Melanie, we have way too much information and we're going to need to jump into the third episode. So I hope you will join us next time when we dive deeper into what does it mean to give? Why do we give? How do we give? What do we give when we don't feel like we can? I'm excited to look further into this and see what God's Word says. We want to thank you for listening to the Parenting to Impress podcast. Be sure to visit abcjesuslesbian.com and check out the show notes for more information on topics shared in this episode. Please subscribe and share with your friends.